And when you do that, you're going to see God bless you. If we can learn how to do this, I'm telling you, it's going to be a major blessing for us. We've got to hold on to things loosely. You want to know what Satan fights? What you hold on to the most. I've dedicated my children back to God. I'm not going to be running after them and chasing after them. No, they got the word in them. They know who Jesus is. And if you choose to go astray and do something else, God will deal with you. I'll pray for you. But I'm not going to be slobbering and, and, and cussing at you and we going back and forth. Listen, you know what God called you. I ain't doing that stuff. The word is in you. I've sowed the seed of the word. The Bible, and, I'm, and the promise of the word says that when you get old, you won't depart. Guess what? You're, going, you, you're in stray mode right now. But you will be back. And until that time comes, I'm standing on what God promised me. My children will flourish and they'll prosper and they'll be in health. And I'm standing on that. Ain't got no time to be worried about stuff that, 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 that really isn't a worry, all right? So let, just let that be a blessing for somebody. All right, so I think I've gotten through everything. Um, let's deal with this uh, weapon of meditation part two. The weapon of meditation part two. And um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 2 Corinthians 10, uh, verse number four. And the King James says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but someone shout mighty through God, mighty through God. to the pulling down of strongholds. This is what it says in the voice translation. The weapons of the war we're fighting are not of this world. Say, I have weapons not of this world. It says, watch this, but are, they're powered by God and effective at tearing down the strongholds erected against his truth. Say his truth. truth. Last week, we, we kind of left off. I only got through one, one verse of scripture uh, for the whole hour I preached. I only got through Joshua 1 and 8. It's all we dealt with, um, so let me just read it to you, and we'll start there, all right? Uh, Joshua 1 and 8, if you don't have it back there, it's all right, uh, but this is what it says in the New King James. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Say, it won't leave my mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So what we started talking about last week is the concept of meditation in God's word, not on it, but in it. We talked about being submerged in it. Y'all remember that? When, you, when you're meditating on it, um, uh, it's, it's, it's different than being in it. Being in it means that your life is inundated with it. You have, you have, you have put all of you inside of it. So we talked about that last week, and so let's talk about what meditation is today and how we do it um, um, so that we can see God do something in our finances. Um, listen to this quote. It, it, this, this quote from an unknown source says this. Watch your thoughts because your thoughts become words. Then it says watch your words because your words become actions. Then it says watch your actions because they become habits. Then it says watch your habits because they become character. Then it says watch your character because it becomes your destiny. So a lot of people get in situations and wonder how did I get here? You got there because the word you spoke from the beginning of this thing dictated how, you, how your destiny in this was going to, was going to end. A lot of times when we, when, we, when we start seeing things go wrong, especially financially, what a lot of people start doing is we start forming words that coincide with what we see. I can't afford this. That's too much money. I ain't paying for that. What do you think? Money grows on trees? All of our talk 
becomes actions. Because if you believe you can't afford it, you're going to stop looking at it. Then your action becomes habit. Even when you have it, you still won't have enough for it. Anybody, anybody know that to be true? If, you make, if your words come, your words become actions. The action now becomes the habit. Now, we don't even look in that area in the, in the shopping mall, in the store. We don't go, to, we don't go look at, 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 at this stuff because that stuff is pricey. That stuff is a lot of money. And I could be doing other things with my money other than that. So watch this. This is my question. How many things have you, how many times have you missed blessings because you wouldn't even go near to the thing you desired? Because it, all, it doesn't always take money for you to get what God has for you. Favor is our shield. And God will unlock stuff for us because our ways please him. Bible said he'll even make an enemy be at peace with you because your ways please him. And this is my thing. There have been times when we couldn't afford things as a family. But I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't speak it. I don't even want my kids to understand what that, what that understanding is. London said to me the other day, um, we need to buy a hotel. I said, yeah, we're going to buy one too. See? You see? This is, how you, this is how we scar our own children from having faith. She's, now think about this. She's thinking in our home, she's thinking, we need to buy a hotel. What seven-year-old thinks about buying a hotel? We need to buy a place there. We need to buy a park. She said, we need to buy a hotel. I said, why do you want to buy a hotel? She said, because we can, people, can, people can stay there and we can charge them money. We can make money, but we can help people. I said, that's good. She said, and then we need to buy a hotel that has a big pool. I said, hey, nothing wrong with that at all. But watch this. This is how a lot of us got scarred in our faith. Because you, were, you from a kid, you dream big. You had big ideas. You were very creative in, in your thought process, but somebody told you that ain't it because that's out of our league. And if you keep getting shut down in the level of, of dreaming, you'll stop dreaming so big. Now it's time to start a business. You're going to be very timid as an adult to start a business, although God gave you the goods in you to start the business. You're going to be timid when you go into a new work environment and you haven't been trained as of yet. You're going to be so reliant on the trainer, the person, rather than the trainer of the Holy Ghost. Yes. All because somewhere somebody told you what you couldn't do. The Apostle Paul says, I can do all things through Christ that gives me the strength. Right, go, go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. I want you all to see something. As I was studying meditation, we're going to talk about that, what that looks like. Deuteronomy chapter 6, and I think I'm going to just read um, verses 6 through 8. Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 8. Listen to this, and I'm going to go slow because there's a lot of stuff here. And these words which I command thee this day, I'm commanding you about words. That's what God is saying, shall be in your what? Heart. Or in your mind. And you from that mindset. 
will diligent, diligently teach them unto your children. Yes. Teaching them my word from childhood. Yes. Now watch. A lot of us who came to God in our pre-adult or adult stages missed teaching from the word of God from our childhood. But watch, that's not a factor if you get in God and crave the word. The Bible says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. The more of God's word that I want is the more of God's word that I receive. Oh, Lord, okay. So he says, watch this. Teach it to your children, diligently to your children, and then you're going to talk of the word with them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. What this is doing, well, oh God, what God is saying to them, to Israel is, every chance you get, plant the seed into your children of who I am, what I'm able to do, and how I can't fail. Now think about this. I grew up in a tight-knit family. They rehearsed in our minds. Family is everything. Don't you let nobody come between you and your siblings. You better hurt somebody that come up against your sister, your brother. You better you go after them. You don't let, that was rehearsing us. So everybody in my family, even if you look at one of us sideways, 40 of us are coming. You understand what I'm saying? If one of us say, I got a problem at school, everybody taking off work? We coming out like roaches. They coming from everywhere. People are driving up from Alabama. I'm so, I'm very serious. They tighten it like that. Watch this. My gripe with them is the same way you embedded in us how to take up for our family, you should have embedded in us who God was, what he was able to do, and how he won't fail us. Watch this. He says, talk to them. Just talk about it. Oversa has this new thing that she does with the children now, especially the youngest ones, London, uh, Blake, and Bryce. She says, hey, you want to have a conversation with me? You want to talk about your angels? You want to talk about the Holy Ghost? You want to talk about Jesus? You want to talk about God? And sometimes they're like, you know, I don't want to talk about nothing. She goes, well, come and talk to me anyway. Wow, what are we doing? From this age, we are talking to them about God when we sit down, when we come, when we go, when we lie down, when we rise up, when, we, when we're walking outside, when we're, when we're on our way driving somewhere, it has to become normal for them to understand the power of God. Watch this. Verse number eight struck me as odd, very odd. Are y'all cold or just me? Y'all cold? It, okay, can, you, can we cut that up like three? This is, watch this. Verse eight says, and that, no, no, it ain't, it ain't gonna burn y'all. If it's freezing right now, by the time it, that, that kicks in, okay, cut up. Like what, two? Two. I don't know. I mean, I wanted to go from cold to warm. I mean, like, okay. okay, verse number eight. It got me. Verse number eight got me. It says, and thou, now most of us, who, if you ever read Deuteronomy, we probably overlooked this verse because we didn't know what it meant. We stopped there. We stopped at verse number seven. Teach it diligently to your children when they walk, blah, 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 and they rise up. We're like, woo, that's it. But it goes further to say something else that I found very odd. And thou, verse number eight, and thou shalt bind them. What? The word. 
Bind them for a sign upon thy, everybody say, hand. And they, the word, shall be as frontlets. Everybody say frontlets. Frontlets between the eyes. Front, has anybody ever read this before? Anybody know what a frontlet is? All right, I'm a teacher right now. Good. We've read this and knew that the word had to be bound somewhere on the hand and on the head. But we don't know what, what he says. And do it. Put it'll be as, the word keyword as, a frontlet. What is a frontlet? All right, put that picture up of, of a frontlet. Front uh, you see the thing on his forehead? And the thing on his, on, on, on his, uh, his arm? The two boxes? Those are frontlets. The band that goes around his hand all the way down to his fingers that goes from the finger all the way up to the arm. And then around the head is a band with a box. You see that? Yeah. A frontlet was a decorative band or an ornament that was worn on the forehead and on the forearm. Watch this. You see the box on his arm? Yeah. The box on his forehead? Yeah. That box contained a small little booklet of the word of God. This is how they, this is how they are in, in Israel. And this is, how, this is how God's people walked around. He says, you shall wear it as a frontlet between the eyes and wear it on the arm. They took Deuteronomy 6 literally. They wore the scripture on them. They believe, watch this, they believe that when they did this, it ensured to everybody that they came in contact with, they would see them as the righteousness of God because of what was implanted in them. Lord, help me. Watch this. Today, God doesn't want us wearing frontlets. He really didn't want them wearing frontlets. frontlets. God's command to them was, wear it as a frontlet. In your mind and on your hand. Why? So that his word will determine your choices. Take over your thoughts. And that the word would, watch this, would take over what you touch. Let's talk a little bit about, about why he told them to put it on their head. There's a whole deeper thing this that I can't go into now because it's too, it's too much for Sunday service. And it's, 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 it's between milk and heavy meat. Too much for that, so I'm not going to go into that. But, but we'll, we'll, we'll just take a stab at it with the milk with formula in it. Watch this. He says, put it on your head so that your mind could get saturated with the word. That's meditation. That's meditation. He says, I want you to meditate on my word so much so that my word acts as a frontlet. Now, watch this. Look at how Satan hijacks things. Um, this was like a mark for them. It was supposed to be a mark. He said, so when anybody sees you, they'll know that you belong to me. Look at how Satan hijacks everything. Um, just like that was a mark for them, and it was where on the hand and on the arm and all the way down to the hand, right? Satan has a mark in Revelations, and, and it's called the mark of the beast. And it is to be implanted where? In the head and on the... Satan saw what God said about his people and says, watch this, we call the chip the mark of the beast when the mark of the beast really is, watch this, 
It is meditating negatively against God's word and letting your hand do things that go against what God's principle says. So you don't have to have a chip to have the mark of the beast. You don't have to have a chip to have the mark of the evil one. What demonstrates the mark of the beast is how you think and what you touch. I don't have to, this. I, I told y'all, I'm giving y'all the formula version of this with a little bit of powder in there. Most people don't understand this. He said, lifting holy without wrath and without doubting. Why? Because if they're not holy, then you carry the mark. Watch this. He says, whatsoever things are lovely and just and honest and of good report, think on these things. If you don't do that, what are you carrying? The mark. So if you're carrying the mark of the beast, then everything that belongs to the beast gets attracted to you. Because that becomes your source. Lord, help me here. So this is why people come to church. I'm tired of getting my offering. I'm doing all things I want to do. Why ain't nothing happening? Because what are you carrying? Satan is looking for people that have his mark Although they do good deeds, what is implanted in their head and on their hand is what they have to reap from. Your thought process can keep you outside of the will of God, although you speak in tongues. Because he says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ. If your mind is not renewed by the word of God, and your hand has not been made over to work and do justly, then you carry the mark of the beast. Ooh, glory to God. Lord. <laughs> I know some of y'all are like, oh Lord, today's been a rough day for some of y'all. All right, all right. Um, let me show you this in a couple of, in a couple of more versions. Uh, they don't have it in the back, but just go there. Just write down. I'm just take my word for it. And look at it when you get home. Exodus 13 and 9. They don't have it in the back, but let, let me let me read it from this translation. It says, "And it shall be a sign. What the word shall be a sign as a sign on your hand, and as a memorial between your eyes." What? That the law of the Lord may be in your mouth. So you will never be able to speak the word of God out of your mouth with power and authority unless it gets in your mind. He says, between your eyes and it gets in your hand. What you do. Because the only way you can speak after that is it has to be in your head implanted in that word have I hidden my not heart but heart mind the word has to be has to be such a part of you that that anything that's not the word alerts you this is how this is how wolves come in and people get taken advantage of unaware because they don't know the word People sprinkle in a whole lot of new age stuff. Talking about the universe sees me. Ain't no universe. That ain't no God. Stop saying that talk. That's not godly talk. We ain't no universe gonna give me back what I want. No, God made the universe. The universe ain't God. 
Come on, y'all don't like me today. Stop with all this new age talk because when you do that, you have accepted the mark. You believe a universe is going to pay you back when God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Y'all don't like me today. Ain't no universe got no power. God is all power. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created the universe. The universe ain't got no power over God. People who talk universe talk are people that are new agers. They like to talk that kind of talk because they don't want to acknowledge God as Elohim. They don't want to acknowledge him as the all ruler, the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords. They don't want to do that. So it's easier to be accepted by people on the internet. If you say, the universe won't give you everything back. No, no, no. When people start talking like that and they say they saved, I notice that they carry the mark. You can't speak into my life talking about the universe. I'll leave that alone. All right. Uh, verse number 16. Exodus 13. Same, same chapter, verse number 16. It shall be as a mark on your hand or frontlets between your eyes. For by a strong hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. Is that what it says? Yes. Mm -mm. A lot of people don't get this because the way you get it in your head, the way, or really the way you get it in your hand is it has to first get in your head. We talked about this on Tuesday. Behavior modification, I'm just trying my best not to do this. That's not holiness. It's behavior modification. How do you really change your behavior? You change your behavior by getting acquainted with the word of God. The word of God comes up in me and brings back to my remembrance everything God has said when my flesh wants to go crazy. Think about that for a second. The word has to come back to your back to your remembrance. He'll bring all things back to your remembrance, which God has said. If it's coming back to your remembrance, it has to have been there. I've heard people say, oh, you know, because God gave you his word before you were born. That's cute, but you got to put it in. You have to put it in because if you put it in, study and meditate, and I'm going I'm I'm to talk about the components of meditation in a minute, but if you study and put it in, then when your flesh wants to act up, which all of our flesh wants to do all day, every day. And if you say your flesh don't want to act up, then you must be a cyborg or something else from out of this, this world. Because every person's flesh, every person in here's flesh is not saved and can never be saved. This will never be saved. This will never be saved. The thing that controls this is this. Think about that. God made us to be spirit, soul, and body. In the soul, you have the mind. I hope I'm not boring, y'all. The will and emotions. The will, the, the Bible talks about that, that you are here for the saving of your soul. Saving of your soul. He didn't say the saving of your spirit. Your spirit got regenerated when you got filled with the Holy Ghost. Recreated. Your, your small S spirit got a big S on it now, right? But your soul, you came in and your soul is still in the same place. If you love to smoke, drink, lie, cheat, sex, all that in the world, just because you spoke in tongues and your spirit got made over, don't mean that anything, nothing happened in your soul yet. 
You could have spoken tongues and went right back and, and laid down with the same person you was with before you got saved. Right? It's just now there's going to be a conviction that comes. And what most people do is we don't start the process after our spirit gets regenerated. We don't start the process of renewing. We get regenerated, but we never renew the mind. So the soul gets regenerated. The mind never gets renewed. So you just keep speaking in tongues, but you keep sinning. Does that make sense? This is why you got this is why you can have you can have preachers all over the country, people who love God, leaders who will be so wonderful in a microphone, but then leave out the microphone and go and have an adulterous affair. And I'm not I'm not down in the, I'm, you know what I'm saying, but I'm I'm saying this is what happens. Or or they'll they'll get out the pulpit and be mean to everybody. Yeah. Where you looking at? Yeah. You don't want to just pray for me. I'm admiring my leader. Don't admire me, admire God. <laughs> What's wrong with your attitude? Why are you acting so crazy for? What's going on with you? The mind, they speak in a lot of tongues, they operate in a lot of gifts, but the mind hasn't been renewed. Does that make sense? And when the mind is not renewed, but you're speaking a whole lot of tongues, the warfare that comes is a warfare that stops your connection with God. The warfare is not to just get you to go to hell. The warfare is to get you to stay in church but never receive any promise from God because you're so far away from him. Oh, Lord, okay. Let me, let me give you one more. Let me give you one more. Um, Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. I want y'all to see that this is in many, multiple places. And most of these, most outside of that one, most of us have never heard of front lists and we haven't seen it as many times. Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. Listen to this. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. That's Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. You see now the comparison. I've given you four scriptures that talk about frontlets. Four scriptures that 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 say God wants you to have His word in between your eyes, in your head, in your mind, and it affects your hands. Now watch. Mm -mm -mm. This is interesting stuff. So meditation is, a, everybody shout this, a godly practice. It's a godly practice that prepares you for whatever the word has promised you is yours. I'm going to say it again. Meditation is a godly promise that prepares you for whatever the word has promised you is yours. So as the word of God is meditated upon and practiced and done, our lives will be brought up to another level. The issue a lot of us are waiting for is not that we're waiting for God to throw something on us. What we're waiting for is for our life to come up to the place that matches where he's already blessed us at. I'm not trying to get God to bless me. Somebody shout, I'm already blessed. You're already blessed. Your life just has to come up to the level of where God has blessed you at. So, Lord, I believe I'm a millionaire. Your word says that I can decree a thing and it'll be established under me and you'll shine your light on my ways. Right? I'm, I'm using the word. I'm saying the word. But if, but if I don't let that thing sink in and become me, then it will, my life never comes up to the level of that thing. Right? 
Um, no good thing will he withhold from those that walk upright before him. I, I'm meditating on it. Lord, I thank you. Your word says no good thing will he withhold from those that walk upright. I walk upright before you. Now, you can say that, but if you, if you don't know what it means to walk upright, and you're not walking upright, then no good thing, ain't gonna, you're going to get every bad thing. <laughs> you be praying for something, and it won't show up. You're like, no good thing. No good thing will he withhold. That's, that's beautiful. But have you, has your life come up to the level of no good thing? Has it come up to those that walk upright before him? Have you diligently studied and understood what it means to walk upright before him so that no good thing? It's not just saying some words every day. I'm going to declare my words every day. Now it's becoming rote. It's becoming something that you're just doing out of habit and it's not becoming your life. Meditation is not about you just thinking on something that God says and saying it out your mouth and then see it come to pass. No, meditation is about you getting it so much in you until you become it and your life comes up to that thing and it has no, no, it has no issue but to run to you. The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord should overtake you. That means you have to be on the same playing field, the same level as the blessing that you're expecting to receive. Y'all get what I'm saying? Lord, I thank you for this new mansion you're going to bless me with, but your life is not on the level of mansion. Your life is still on the level of a four-bedroom. Okay, how much you claim a mansion until your life starts measuring up to the mansion level, then that level of blessing cannot come and overtake you in the way. What's the way? I'm doing what it takes to live at that level. All right. So if somebody was to give you a mansion, you probably would lose the mansion because you don't know what it takes to uphold a mansion. You haven't even studied that. Do you know how much it costs to heat a mansion? Do you know how? Come on. Do you know how, how much it costs to heat your three bedroom? How much it costs for your apartment? You're crying over that now, but you're claiming a mansion. You can't cry over that now. You got to get delivered from this now. You got to get delivered from high bills now. You got to get delivered from the pressure of the bills now. If you don't get delivered from that, the higher you go, the more you'll crack. I'm going to be married. Can't wait to be married. Can't wait to be married. Married, 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 What good is him coming if you will scare him off? What good is her coming if your demanding spirit, brother, will cause her to hate you? You will, it will come, but you won't be ready for it. So just as quick as it came, you'll lose it. Okay, I, I know. All right, let, let me give you an example of this. Um, I pray I'm not boring you. Um, think, think of an actor. Think of an actor, all right? Um, I've seen a couple of movies recently, and you ever, you ever been so into a movie like, the people were so believable. Like, you was really hating them. Like, mm. if I see him in the street, I'm going to slap him. I hate you. I hate you with an everlasting hate. Lord, I need you to deliver my heart because I'm in hate mode right now. I don't like you. Like, you ever been like, like, like somebody dying in the movie and you start crying for real? Like, yo, it wasn't supposed to happen like that. It wasn't supposed to happen like that. What we don't know is that the process that it takes an actor to become that character. If you ever watch like a Jim Carrey or the Wakanda guy, what's his name? Chadwick. She know, Chadwick, she knows his name right up. Uh, what's it, Chadwick? 
the name of the Lord Jesus. Chadwick. I know. She said that real quick. Nobody caught that. I said, what's it? Chadwick Mawasawi. Okay. I'm sorry, sweet. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I'm sorry. So both of these guys, now Jim Carrey has not been the same since he portrayed that guy on Taxi. What's his name? Um, anybody know the guy, the, the, the movie he did about the guy, the guy that would, that would play, uh, what's this guy's name? The real crazy guy. Oh, man. The taxi, y'all don't even know what Taxi is. Y'all too young. Um, taxi, the show, the, the, the sitcom show. He played a character of the guy, and he was like, he was acting like really crazy. The guy was nuts. I um, forgot his name. But he played, he played in the movie, and he started, started uh, he, he got so much into the character that he went, to the, he went to the parents' house to do research. And he started talking like the son, that the guy that died, the guy's died. Now, Andy Kaufman. He did, he, he did, he did, a, he did a, 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 a recreation of Andy Kaufman's life. He went to Andy Kaufman's house. Went there, smoked his, smoked his parents and everything, slept in the boy's bed, started, started becoming him literally. He tells a story of how it was so hard for him to come, to daily come out of the character that every day they taped, the more he became him. So much so that he calls it, he started channeling his life. Anybody who's seen, who's seen this guy recently knows there's something wrong with him. He's not the same guy he was when he was on The Living Color. Jim Carrey. He's not the same guy from In Living Color. You see him now, he's, all, he's dark. You see a change is taking place on him. Acting is very hard work because they lose themselves in a character. Denzel Washington talked about training day. He said that it was so, his wife almost divorced him because he came home and was cussing at her like he was, make my food. He didn't mean to do that, but he had become this guy so much, okay, Chadwick said that, watch this, when he, was, when he was doing the Wakanda thing, he said that it took him close to a year to come out of the character. He had to go to therapy so that he can learn who he was again. Now watch, we say that's crazy, but this is how God wants you to become his word. Y'all didn't miss this whole thing. This is how God, he wants you to become his word until it is so hard for you to come out of this person that he, if any man be in Christ, he is a, you become that person the more your mind gets renewed to the new character. This thing is, is so horrible that these people become these characters so much so that when you see them in public, you don't call them by their real name. You call them by the name, watch this, that they have made an impact on your life through. For them, in the beginning, they're reading a script. I, I won't, <clears throat> I, I won't do that. <clears throat> That's not it. What are they, they're going into character. So much so that by the time we see them on the, on the screen, it's not them reciting words any longer. They have become the character and it is a believable portrayal of a fictional character that somebody wrote out. They've looked in the mirror. They've spoken to themselves. They call themselves who the character is. They became the person that was on paper. And when you see them, in, when you see them on the film, they are, watch this, who they've meditated about. 
they are who they've meditated about. So much so that even when they leave and come out of character and you say, hey, and, and, and they do interviews, hey, uh, do the voice of Larry. Well, you know, they can jump right back in it. Why? Because it's become a part of them. This is, this is what the root of meditation is about. Everybody write this down if, you, if you're taking notes. Say it. Believe it. Become it. Say it. Believe it. Become it. Say it with me. Say it. Believe it. Become it. If faith comes by hearing, hearing only happens by the word of God, then I have to spend time reading the word out loud, listening to the word, saying the word. Why? Because if I say it, I'll believe it. Anything you say constantly, this is meditation, you believe. Watch this. This is how meditation works. Um, somebody give me a scripture. Give me a verse, any, any verse. No, we don't want the way you sin because we don't, huh? <laughs> Anything. Give me, just give, me, give, me, give me a verse on prosperity. Somebody give me a verse on, on, on finances. The blessing of the Lord makes me rich, and he has no sorrow with it, right? If that's the one I'm, if that's what I'm meditating, I, in order for me to really meditate this, I have to say it. The blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord. See, meditation is not about hurrying up through something. Meditation is about ripping it apart piece by piece. Taking little nuggets of it, taking little pieces of it, and eating it. You know, anybody ever seen like a, 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 the way a mouse eats cheese? Little tiny little piece of it. They just eat little tiny pieces of it. You never had no mouse? You never seen a mouse? On, you, you ever, look at YouTube? She's like, nah. <laughs> He's a Minnie Mouse? Mickey Mouse? <laughs> Okay, so the, the way a mouse eats cheese, let me help y'all. The way a mouse eats cheese is they, they little, little, little piece of time. You never see, it's only on Tom and Jerry that you see them take the whole bit, they go, oh. That's Tom and Jerry, that's not real life. Mice eat in pieces. This is the way, watch this, because if they eat a big lump of it, they'll choke on it and die. Their esophagus is but so big, you know what I'm saying? Their bodies can get under little tiny spaces, but their esophagus, they'll die. Right? So, so this is why they have mice and, and bugs like that to eat something that will explode. In, okay, there's too much information. Because it, it gets lodged in their esophagus and then it takes them out. This, well, watch this. They eat very piece by piece, piece by piece. This is what meditation is. Meditation is, what was the verse? What was the verse I just gave you? The blessing of the Lord makes rich. We're not going to get to, he has, the blessing of, just let's go with the blessing. There's a blessing. I am blessed. God has a blessing for me. So all day long, I'm meditating on just the blessing. So you can take one verse and meditate on that for 30 days and become it and see it happen for you. What we do is, we think that we have to have 85 verses because we, we, we're thinking quantity over quality. God rather you have one verse that you're meditating and becoming than rather have read the whole Bible and don't become none of it. 
I hope I'm preaching to somebody in this house, Lord. I got eight minutes left. We, are, we, 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 have, we have turned, watch this, we have turned being Christians into how much I do rather than how much sticks. What good is it praying for an hour if you ain't got nothing out of it? God would rather have you pray 10 minutes and come out full of his glory. Rather than spending eight hours in prayer just for the sake of saying I prayed for eight hours. Hell is not impressed with how much you got. How much you've done. Hell, hell backs up when you come out and you put a dent in something. All right. All right, so what's the verse again? The blessing of the Lord. I am blessed. I'm blessed because the blessing that I got came from God. This is how you meditate, meditate one scripture. The blessing of the Lord. Who? So the Lord has blessings. The Lord has blessings that are mine. I am blessed because of the Lord. All day long, you are pondering, you're thinking, you're chewing off this thing all day long. You're asking deep questions. You're talking about this thing with God all day long. The blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord. I'm blessed of the Lord. Why are you working? Why are you on your lunch break? Stop talking. Turn YouTube and, and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram off and meditate the word for where you're trying to get to. The blessing of the Lord makes me rich. I am rich. Why am I struggling when I'm rich? I no longer am a beggar. I'm rich. The pressure that has been on me has to fall off me today because I'm rich. Like, if you spend time doing this, what are you doing? You're rehearsing. You look in the mirror and say you're rich a thousand times. Guess what? You will, you will start believing it. You don't believe me? How many times have you said, I can't do this? I'm afraid. I'm fearful. How am I going to make it? You're meditating. And the things that the, the horrible stuff we're seeing comes from the horrible stuff we meditated on. And that has become the habit. It's habit when you see something rough say, how am I going to make it this rather than my God shall supply. That hasn't become habit yet because we haven't spent enough time meditating. So watch this. Meditation produces a transformation of the mind. Meditation produces a transformation of the mind. The Bible says, don't be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to the world. Don't fashion your life by how the world does things. It says, but be transformed. Watch this how. By the renewing of, how does that happen? Through meditation. Your mind gets made over and transformed the more you rehearse to your mind what the word says and you become it. Oh, Lord Jesus. Say, say it. Say it. Believe, it. Believe it. Become it. Become what we want to do is we, want, we just want to become it. Right. I am the righteousness of God. <laughs> I am rich in Jesus' name. Right? <laughs> I have it right now in my hands. And the reason why meditation for a lot of people doesn't stick is because we don't spend enough time saying it. Not just some, some crazy phrase you made up, but the word, the word of God. You, now, when do I stop saying it? The moment I stop believing it. I start believing it. When I start believing it, then I can move into believing and walking in it. Because remember the pattern. S say it, believe it, then, then you become it. 
When you become it, then that's, that's, that's now setting you up for receiving. How do I receive from God? You can't receive from God if you don't believe that you're worthy to receive it. Bible says that if, watch this, uh, uh, um, Bible talks about um, that um, we have to believe that he is and that he is a water. Now watch this, what Satan will say is, you messed up. You, you ain't worthy of this. How you gonna get that when you done done this? Right? You stop believing he's a rewarder when you stop saying his word. When you stop believing his word. Because there's no way that I'll keep doing the crazy stuff I've been doing if I'm saying his word. Once I start meditating on his word, then behavior modification goes out the window. Now I'm dealing with a mind transformation. And the things I, and now this, 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 this statement becomes real. The things I used to do. I don't want to do no more. See? People say that, just, oh, I got saved. Looked at my hands, my hands are new. Looked at my feet, my feet are Things I want to do, I ain't want to do no more. No, and you still sinning. You still jumping in the same stuff. All because you didn't believe. You First of all, you don't even have no word. You'll be surprised how many preachers are preaching and don't really believe the word themselves. They preaching for a check. They preaching to shout to people. They don't deal with hard truths. They don't deal with stuff because they're afraid people won't give. That's the case. I would have been just shouted y'all. We would have went home. I'd be saying stuff and y'all be like, I ain't giving nothing. But I'd be like, I don't care because you ain't my soul saying the way God is. Forget it. All right. Say it. Believe it. Become it. When you start saying the word of God, picking it apart, then something starts to take place on the inside of you. Something in you starts to believe. Even if you were full of doubt about this, something in you starts to ray of hope comes in. Well, maybe this might, maybe this might, this might, maybe this could be. Once you get there, don't stop. You, gotta, you have to continue in the word until there's a full breaking in you. Until every bit of doubt runs from out of you. Until you believe you can do all things through Christ that gives you the strength. And then you become it. Once you start becoming the word, that's when you start seeing the blessings overtake you. All right. Um, so meditation involves two smaller steps. Write this down. Contemplation and declaration. Contemplation and declaration. Say contemplation and declaration. Contemplation and declaration. All right. Contemplation means thinking intently about the full meaning of what has been read or heard. Contemplation means thinking intently, thinking deeply about the full, me full meaning of what has been heard or what has been read. What does it say? Heard and read. Everybody say heard and read. Heard and read. When the preaching of the gospel comes, the preaching of the gospel is meant to get your mind on a process of deliverance. The preaching and teaching of the word comes to start a process of changing how you've thought about something. The Bible says when Peter preached, they were pricked in their hearts. They were pricked in their hearts. In other words, they were, they were, they were, uh, they were pricked, stuck. Like a pin. What happens if, if I was a stick somebody pin? Oh, they would jump. You come alive. When the preaching and teaching of the word comes, 
if you receive it the right, the right way, it ought to prick you in your heart, your mind. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This has been wrong. I've been doing this the wrong way. It's not for you to come to that realization to leave here and go back to doing it the way you were doing it. This is when Satan steals the word from out of your heart. He comes instantly to tell you that's for her. You ever heard, you ever heard preaching and it was corrective in nature? You're like, mm, sis, you better catch that. Oh, that's for my brother up there. He went through, I watched him go through that. Meanwhile, that word came down your road. The Holy Spirit was like, eh, eh, right here, I want you. Like, that ain't me. You're blinded because you didn't allow the word to prick you. All right. Psalm 39. Come on, I got, I got two minutes. Psalm 39. I don't have time. Psalm 39. So contemplation. Contemplation. Now, I, I want to show you this in the word because y'all think I'll be making stuff up. Psalm 39 3. Listen to what it says because I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to show you this. Our spirit loves this. What I'm about to show you, your spirit loves this. Your spirit, say, my spirit loves this. Come on, say, my spirit loves this. Psalm 39 3. Listen to this. My heart, my mind, was hot within me. Hold up. Let me get this in another translation. Lord, my Lord. Lord, give me one second, y'all. Psalm 39, and that's three, right? Lord Jesus. All right, Psalm 39, three. Now watch. My heart or my mind was hot within me. The word hot there means inflamed, full of fire, or, or became passionate. My, my heart was hot within me. Watch this. When, 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 was, when did it happen? When and while I was musing, the fire burned. You know what the word muse means? It means meditate or deep thinking. This is why Christian meditation is different from Eastern meditation. Eastern meditation is completely remove everything out of your mind. Christian meditation is fill your mind with. Fill your mind with the word of God. Eastern meditation is block everything, get, get everything clear out your mind. That's not God's way of meditating his word. God's way of meditation is fill your mind with his word. Piece by piece, bite by bite, word by word, until you are so convinced about that one verse. You don't need a whole chapter. Find the verses of the promises that you need to see happen in your life. This is why the Bible says work out your own, watch this, souls. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Soul salvation, mind, will, emotion. Work that thing out with fear, with reverence of his word. And with trembling. God says if you will put the word in you and do it at such a, a pace that you want to see the blessing. You remember, remember uh, uh, there, there, there was a woman in the Bible says uh, she wearied the judge so much that the judge said, I don't fear God nor man, but this woman is coming for me, what, night and day to plead her case. To plead her case, he said, I'm going to grant her what she wills, not because I even reverence her God. I'm going to give her what she wants because she is worried my patience. And then the Bible says that, watch this, he says, he says, we should be like this woman 
who comes before our God night and day, not complaining, not begging, but bringing his word. He says, bring me in remembrance of my word. Not that he forgot it, but he needs to know it's in you. So when he sees you, he sees the promise. When he sees you, he ought to see his word and the blood. So when the blessing says, can I, can I go? See, the blessing is waiting like a bull in the bullpen. The, the blessing that you, that house, that money, the car, whatever you, whatever you desire, if it's godly and it's in his will, the blessing is waiting to, for the God to open the door so that it can run and overtake you. The blessing is supposed to knock you over. I mean, you're supposed to be, the blessing ought to hit you so hard that it takes you three days to recover from what God did. Hey, wait a minute, I just can't fathom this. Wait a minute. I can't even tell the testimony yet because I'm, oh Lord. Oh. Let me go check this bank out one more time. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh Lord Jesus, hold on. Okay, let me look up and see how many zeros, what this means with all these zeros. How many zeros? What? what? It'll be five days of you just doing that. Like, wait a minute. Okay, hold on. I'm, I'm taking that. I got to take it out. Wake up. Okay, let me look. Oh, it's still there. Oh, God. One, two, three. I'm just kind of, all right, let me just put a piece of paper over this. Let me see. One, two, three, four. <laughs> let me look one, one more time. If, it, if my bank account has eight zeros on it, what does that mean? Okay. Oh man. Um. Uh, after five days, you're convinced. The bank said. The bank says that's your money. Like, you sure ain't no penalty gonna come to me? If I start spending tomorrow, you sure ain't nothing gonna happen to me? Hold on. Let me put you. Uh, hold on. Say it again. Hold on. I'm gonna record you on my voice recorder. Say it again. Right. The way the way God wants to bless you is. He wants you to prepare yourself. Remember, he's coming back for a church that has made, Lord, help me. How do you make yourself ready? Through meditation. You make yourself ready by becoming what it is you becoming, what it is you're believing for. I'm becoming a millionaire now. So when the millions come, the millions can't come to a hundred thousand there. Millions don't come to, to, to $10 heirs. Millions come to millionaires. And millionaires deal in millions. So how do I become a millionaire? I got to get my life up to the point of being a millionaire before the millions come. That's faith. Becoming a thing before you see a thing. That's not called fake it till you make it. Because faking it till you make it has no word value in that. I ain't faking nothing. I am the right. Oh, come on. I am rich. I come on. Somebody say I am it. Right, watch this. My heart, Lord Jesus, was hot within me while I was musing or meditating on the word. And he said, the fire burn. What is the fire burning? Watch this. What is the fire burning when you're meditating? Wrong thinking. Wrong action, wrong responses. The more you meditate on the word, 
stuff, the fire of the word starts burning stuff. Watch this. And then he said this. After, now this goes to show, after he meditated and stuff was burned, he said, then I spoke with my tongue. Before that, I can't speak with my tongue because I'm going to speak as a double-minded man or woman. If I, if I don't let the fire burn the stuff out, I'll speak. But after I finish speaking the word and what God is saying, I'll, I'll then speak doubt. I'll speak, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, but I really don't know how that got, you didn't, it, you, enough of that hasn't gotten burned out yet. The more you muse, the more you meditate, the more the fire of the word burns out, watch this, anything that is not consistent with what God is saying through his word. <sighs> so your first response ought to be, speak it out. Everybody say, speak it out. You declare the word. When you declare the word and you start speaking the word out, you start to shape your spiritual world around you. You start to shape. Just like God said, let there be and there was. Like God said, let there be light. Let the firmament. And he spoke his word into existence. The more you get his word in you, you start to deal with your own world. Your responsibility is to be able to shape everything that comes in your life and everything that ought to go. Say, I shape this. I mean, you, yeah, that's your, your responsibility is to see anything that's not like God and to tell it, bind it. Tell it to go. And then you lose other things that come from heaven in its place. Your job is to shape your world until your garden looks like his garden. Until your world looks like his world. Watch this. I'm looking at finances and right now my finances look like how it was in the beginning. Void and dark. But now I'm partnering with the word. And I have Holy Spirit there. All three are here. God, the word Jesus, and the Holy Spirit living in me. My job is to now speak. Remember we talked about, what's the word? Let me see if y'all remember from Tuesday. What is the word that I told y'all? Huh? No, not give. No, not, not that. <laughs> what's the word? That I, that, I, that I taught you at the end of Bible study that says you speak as an owner. Anybody remember it? Y'all too late. Statue! <laughs> statue. Remember what the word statue means? It means you, are, you now speak as God. He says you'll walk in my statue. Remember that? When you walk in the statues of God, you walk as God. So in your world, God is there. Holy Spirit is in you. And the last part of the Trinity is what? The Word, Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was. Now watch this. If the Word is there, God is there, Holy Spirit is there, you have the right to speak, let there be. If your world don't look like His world, then, then the issue is you ain't, then somewhere something's missing. I don't let anything that looks negative back me up out of speaking in my world. Say, say this, I have, I have authority to speak God's word into my world. All right, let me give you one more and then we're in. We're in with that. Um, Jeremiah 23. Jeremiah 23 and 28. The B, the B clause of Jeremiah 23, 28. 
I don't have time for y'all to turn it, so I'll just read. He says, and, and he who has my word. The person who has my word, where? In the, in the front, in the, in the head, in the hand. The person who has my word, let him speak my word. How? Faithfully. What is a chaff to the wheat, says the Lord? Is not my word like a what? Watch this. This is how the word burns off everything in you that's not like God. Because when you have the word and you speak the word, he says, my word is like fire. And then it goes further. It says, my word is also like a hammer that breaks rock into pieces. So watch this. Hammers take care of stubborn things. Rock takes, uh, watch this. And, and fire takes care of stuff. That, that, watch this. These are, these are old declarations that you've written. In your heart. In your mind. I can't afford that. When you start speaking the word, it burns those papers up in you. And watch this. There's some more stubborn demons. There's a text to your bloodline that wants you to stay in poverty. That wants you to stay and feel like you'll never make it. But he says, when you have the word in your mouth, it'll become fire for the stuff that needs to be burned. But it'll turn into a hammer for the stuff that needs to be chiseled down and broken into pieces. Hear me. For some of you, what you don't understand is that in this season, in this month, the word is going to burn up everything and every, every diabolical paper that has been in your, in your filing system. It's about to be a fire on the inside of you that's going to burn up everything that's not like God. But there's also, watch this, and also the hammer's coming out to chisel and break the rock of stubborn things, things that have not moved in your life. You've been claiming financial freedom and it hasn't come. Get ready, because the word, like a hammer, is about to chisel this stuff down. And it's going to break it and somebody shout, the word is fire. And a hammer. Let somebody give God praise. Last one. The word. The word is more than just letters. Say the word is my reality. Come on. Say the word is my reality. Watch this. I can say this. I can say, "Ooh, the oven's hot," because I've read about heat and how when ovens get a certain temperature, it'll burn you. And I can, I've, read, I've seen pictures of what a hot stove can do to someone's skin. Watch this. But if I get burned, then the oven is hot is no longer what I've read. I'm now speaking from reality when I say the oven is hot. Because of what I have what? <laughs> this is why the enemy fights the word in us. This is why the enemy fights us from getting the word in us. Because the more you say it, you see it, you say it, and you, and you become it, the more your life starts shifting and you stop speaking from what you read. You start going by what you have walked into. People say, people say oh, that don't work. He said, no, it does. Because three months ago, this turns your witness from just being words from the book of the Bible to now being my life. Three months ago, I was broke as a welfare. Now I'm, now I'm, a, I'm a thousand there. I'm about to become a hundred thousand there. And all is well. Watch it. In three months, not because I wrote some kind of formula, but just because I follow the pattern of what the word told me to do. Watch. There is a power. 
why, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. This is why, this is why, this is why God says about tithing offers. We'll talk about it Tuesday. This is why He says, "Try me in this." You want to see the windows of heaven open up? You don't see windows open up unless He says, "You try me first. Put me to the test in this. Put me to the test in this, and see if I and see and see." And see if I, in other words, what he's saying is, try me in this and I'll give you a testimony. You don't get the testimony on the outside saying, Lord, bless me. He said, no, 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 get all the way in this. And when you do that, you realize there is power in, everybody say, in believing and speaking. All right, I don't have, stand on your feet, stand on your feet. I, was going, I, I got so much more I want to get into. How do we declare the word of God? How do we declare the word of God? We talked about contemplation, but how do we declare the word of God? We, de we declare the word of God by announcing it over our life on a daily basis. I announce the word to every season. I speak the word over every season of my life. Every month, I speak the word over my life. I, and every day, I speak the word over my life. But primarily, I, I, I try to get in God so much so that I can see where the month is going. started prophesying to my children around about a week ago and telling them how their year was going to go at school. This is what's going to happen. These are the people you need to look out for. This is what, this is what your teacher is going to tell you around about the third month in. This is, how you need to, this is what you need to be careful of. This is how you need to reshape your studying. This is, these are the kind of people you need to stay away from. When you see this, this, and that, this is what you need to run from. Why? I'm putting the word in them now. So that when they step into the situations, they have full boldness to know how to deal with confrontation that comes from hell. This is what God wants to do with us. If we would spend more time being deliberate in our walk with God, Holy Spirit would let us know things to come quicker. He'd let us know things to come. We'll be driving home. And I'll say, uh-uh, we're not driving this way home. We're going to go, we're going to go this way. I don't need to know the why. He never said Holy Spirit would, he, he didn't say, he didn't say he would explain it. He said he'd let you know. Don't do it. He's letting you know something. We want the explanation. Why, Holy Spirit? You nosy. Just follow. Why, Holy Ghost? Just, just hear him. He's going to tell you things to come. And he gonna, he gonna, he'll warn you of danger. He'll let you know what not to do. He'll let you know before you go to the meeting if you can trust the person. <laughs> he'll let you know before you even take the job if this one is for you. When they say, we got uh, the, the person, I got a perfect job for you. The whole person said, nope. Like, no, I can't take that one. Sorry. You haven't heard what it is. I don't need to hear nothing. I already heard. Think about it. You know how much time we can we can stop wasting? You know how much time we've wasted because we didn't we didn't take heed to ask Holy Spirit what he thought about what was happening? Spirit of truth, let me know what's up. What do you think about this? Should I even go, should I even go on this date, Holy Spirit? You just don't most people don't ask because they don't want to know. You got your own agenda. Holy Spirit, should I keep should I keep dating this person? He's a spirit of truth. He ain't gonna lie to you. Most times our judgment is clouded because we don't really know. 
we throw sand into, into our eyes. I can't see nothing. So I guess I'm going to walk into this thing here. Like, why walk, why walk into something that you blinded yourself on purpose about? And then cry over the consequence. And then fall in the water. Like, Every time I look around, I'm almost drowning. No, you're drowning because you're throwing sand in your own eyes. Holy Spirit, this is the offer I got. This is the, the job offer I got. This is a school I want to go to. What do you think? Holy Spirit, I think she's really cute. I prayed about her. I prayed. I saw her. I knew she's my. I, got, I felt the inner witness. Mind that, my higher. I got the inner witness. But then after I got the inner witness, I prayed and said, God, let me know. I need, I need an upfront. I need somebody to tell me something. I said, I heard, I felt it, I got the inner witness, I know my, my Holy Ghost don't lie, but I need an extra backup, because I don't want, I don't want to do this five times. And if you've done it five times, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying nothing bad about you, but I'm saying for me, I don't want to do this five times, I want to do this once and for all. So I felt the inner witness, I knew it, I said, Holy Spirit, let me know. Let me know if this is the one. Because if you don't, if you don't give me that, that knowing, I ain't doing it. I've seen too many mess ups for me to die. I need to know this is really you. And one day, we have, I broke up with her, right? One day. And she didn't want to be bothered me. I was like, hey, she. Right? And, and the evangelist calls, calls me over. Listen, come here. I said, yes, ma'am. She goes, the Lord <laughs> showed me. Now, nobody knew he was dating. Nobody knew he was dating. The Lord showed me you. And Sister Kiana in holy, she's really, really expressive, in holy matrimony. I was like, matrimony? <laughs> Couldn't just say married? Okay. She said, the Lord showed me you and Sister Kiana in holy matrimony. I said, oh, word? She goes, yes. And it's going to be wonderful. And your children are going to be godly. And God's going to use you and her as a dynamic duo in the spirit. And I saw a whole... I said, matrimony. She said, that's it. Matrimony. I got the witness. It still took me four more years, but... Because I needed deliverance. I was definitely afraid of relationship. I didn't want to sub, I didn't want to I didn't want to submit or commit. I didn't want to you get what I did. I got you. I didn't want to submit or commit. Y'all get what I'm saying? Submit. One to another. No, submit to me. I need deliverance. I didn't want to commit. I'm used to being my own. I, I do what I want to do. How would I commit it? What if I wake up and don't want to be bothered? That's my, that was my thought process. I was a young man, young guy, had a lot going for me, so I thought. I really didn't have nothing going for me. I just was blinded. Huh? I threw sand in my own eyes. Like, I see all. I see it. I got it all. And I thought I had it going on. God had to, he had to work circumstances to get me away from my family, away from my comfort zone. In Portland, Oregon of all places. Wayne, many of us, like 10 of us there. Like 10 of us there. 
I said, Lord, if you really want me to be here, because I, I got, I got, I was, I came out there to work um, and do some music on Jimi Hendrix label, and uh, I said, Lord, if you want me to be here, when I, when I, because I, you know, you watch the Portland Trailblazers, I was like, I don't see too many of us on TV. I'm watching the basketball game. I said, Lord, when I get there, if this is really of you, let me see a brother in the airport. I promise to God, y'all. I promise to God, no lie. There was not no brother nowhere. Not one. So I'm getting scared like I made the wrong decision to be here. I said, okay, Lord, let me try this again. Before I get home, before I get to the house that I'm working from, let me see a brother. He said, the guy said to me, you want to go to Popeye's? I said, yeah, let's go to Popeye's. There was not one brother there. No sister, nobody. I was like, how y'all making chicken this good? It's got to be the original recipe already there. Because this stuff is seasoned to a tea. Even the, the, the skin was seasoned, but the chicken was seasoned. Forget I'm getting hungry, okay. So, I said, Lord, and you know what the Lord said to me? I'm going to show you what the Lord said to me. He said, stop trying to get me, stop trying to make me prove my word to you. Stop trying to make me prove my word to you. I told you to go to Portland. I didn't find out why I needed to be in Portland until I told you about that story with a preacher. And he was like, I see the Lord. The, the African guy was pre prophesying to me. And then the pastor came back and prophesied to me. And then, right when I, I was like, Lord, is it time for me to get married? I'm going through one day the pastor like, meet me at the church. Came to the church. He said, uh, I saw this big garbage can in the middle of the floor. I said, oh, we're going to do cutouts and going to, I renounce and cut something about it. He said, no, no, no. He said, I said, what's the garbage can for? He said, lift your hands and pray for you. And then you're going you're gonna to dump me in the garbage can afterwards? Like all the lights out in the church except for two lights. I'm like, this is a little creepy here. I don't really know you too well, Rev. I've only been praying for this church for two months. Got two lights on. Somebody with a garbage can. I'm like, uh-uh. I'm going to pour this oil on your head. I said, no, 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 wait. Before you do that, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to pray for you. He said, and everything you and I didn't tell him about none of my struggles with relationships. None of my struggles with finances, nothing. He said, I'm going to pray for you and your money going to get better. You're going you're gonna to want to get married. God's going to switch everything for you in around about a month. I was like, well, this I want to see. Six hours later, I was getting up off the floor. Come on, hold on. Getting delivered. Generational stuff. Mind stuff. Sexual stuff. All kind of stuff coming off me, coming out of me. And I left there feeling like I could fly. Like, I really believe, I, like, if I open up the door right now, somebody could hold me down. I felt like, a, like a, a, a balloon with helium. Like, I could just go, Whoosh. I'd never been that free. But I've been in church my entire life. I'd never been that free. He said, now you're going to get married. That's the last words he said to me. I came home and called her. I said, listen. I'm going to be there in a week. We get married. She said, huh? I'm going to be there in a week. We get married. I didn't even ask her. I said, Lord, it wasn't like till like three or like years later, we was out here and I, I proposed again. You remember that day? You remember? Oh, there was a bowling parkway, a bowling parkway. I proposed Because I felt so bad. I was like, I just, I was so delivered. I was like, I don't want this to mess up. Let's do this now. Why am I saying this? Because what you think is an impossibility for you, it just takes, it takes you pushing to meditate on the word, but it takes one touch from God. It don't take much. God can do. God can fix all this in a day. Lift your hands up. Some of you have uh, seen financial trouble for the last time. Many of you have seen debt and bills for the last season. Get ready. You have a tool now. 
you have a tool that is a weapon it's a weapon that you can use to become what the word has promised you say I have a tool say I'm going to use it and I will become what the word has already called me put your hands up the father we thank you for the word